Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about whose body is that? An extension of the series on examining ourselves. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. This week's Torah portion is maquettes, which means at the end or from the end. You can find it in Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 to chapter 44, verse 17. The half Torah portion is Zechariah chapter 2, verses 14 to chapter 4, verse 7. And the Brit Hadashah is John chapter 10, verses 22 to 28. All right, the Torah portion that you just got is a really great one, so I hope that you go ahead and read it. But I do want to go ahead and get right into this podcast, which the title is, Whose Body Is That? And once again, this is going to be part of the series on examining ourselves. And I think that we all tend to not necessarily want to, but I think that that's actually natural. Um, but what I'm kind of going to talk about today is, is uh, what we consume. Uh, for me, one of the things examining myself I found that I consume maybe too much of is food. Um, and it should be a cause of self-reflection or examination. Uh, no matter what it is that you're consuming, it doesn't have to be food. It could be what you're hearing, what you're seeing, what you're, you know, what you're watching on the television, what you're listening to in your car while you're driving, um, or what you're surrounding yourself with, who you're surrounding yourself with. And just as for those of us who are parents, we'd like to guide our children. So too does our heavenly father. He doesn't force us down the path we're called to. He guides us with love, but also with some discipline. And we need to, when we are doing self-examination of ourselves, think about, are we doing a self-examination based on biblical standards or on maybe our community standards or maybe even on our congregational standards, our church standards? And I also want to throw out here that... Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, my daughter turned 18. So blessed by that. Um, I'm so grateful that she has grown up to be the young lady that she is. That being said, we have a rule in our home that our children are required to go to Beth Simca, the congregation that my husband and I lead, until the age of 18. After that time, if they choose to leave that's fine. Now, if they were to leave our home, we can't have any control over where they go, what they do, any of that. However, if you're going to live in our home and until you move out of our home, you're required to go to a place of worship, whether it be Saturday or Sunday. And I know some may disagree with me on that, but you know what? For me, it's like, look, if our children at least are getting fed somewhere, that's better than them simply being fed by the world. And I'm, you know, it might not be enough, but it, at least it's something. So, um, our daughter has chosen to branch out like most teenagers do, especially at the age of 18 and, you know, try to find her own way. And as long as she's doing that under the context and, and the preface of, of the rules that we still have in place, even if she's 18, cause she does still live with us. And as long as, um, she's looking for a place of worship, that's fine. In fact, I even said, look, 
if you're going to a new church and you want somebody to go with you, I will go with you. Is this something I really want to do? Not particularly. However, if it helps my daughter grow and continue to grow her walk with the Lord, it's something that I'm willing to do for her. But it was something that I had to examine about myself because rightly so, there are a lot of emotions because it's not just our daughter who's in a sense, walking away from the congregation that we're leading, but we're leading this congregation. So you have to try and not take it personally <laughs> when your child is choosing to not walk away, but branch out and do their own thing. And I myself had to do a lot of self-examination, self-reflection on why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And was it... um something that would be glorifying the Lord or was it something that was more of a self-satisfaction? Was it a pride thing or was it because my heart hurt for her because I was afraid that maybe she would be walking away from her faith. And I really have been given a piece about it. I've been given this just absolute peace. There's really no other word for it. And I really believe it's because I simply chose instead of holding on to it, becoming bitter and angry and frustrated and hurt, I let it go. And I gave it to God. And I said, you know, Lord, she is your child, just as I'm your child. And I know that there's a time and a place for everything. And I'm choosing to trust you just like I say I do, but I'm, I'm choosing to walk out my faith and trust you that you are going to take care of my daughter. And that took a lot of hard exa- uh, self-examination. And I don't know about you, but I don't like seeing the doctor. I don't like going to the doctors. I don't like going to hospitals. I spent more than the average person. And I'm only, I'm almost 40 now. And I've been in hospitals more than the average person has been, not even for myself per se, but for my oldest son who's got, has an autoimmune disorder. And, you know, we've lived in the hospital. I've lived in the hospital with him for weeks on end up to, I think a whole month at one point. So I have had my fill of hospitals. I've had my fill of doctors. Um, I definitely think I, I handle doctors better when they're not um, examining myself. If they're examining somebody else, I, I, deal with it a lot better. But like most people, we don't like examinations. We don't like it when the doctor is poking and prodding us, you know, maybe touching us with that cold stethoscope or for women, you know, ultrasounds, pap smears for men. I know they later on in life, they have other uh, uncomfortable um, examinations. And whether they are a self-examination or someone else examining us, We don't like it, but they're good for us. It's a good thing. Something in correlation to the eating, but not really, is something that I I think about and I try to dwell on it, especially during the time of communion. Um, For those of you who don't know, communion was a representation of the Last Supper that Yeshua had with his disciples. And... In fact, the Passover Seder is a representation of that because it also was a Passover uh, meal 
um, that he had the same night that he had this, uh, the communion, as we call it, with his disciples for the last time. And when was the last time before partaking of the bread and wine or juice that you took stock of your life? where you're supposed to be walking, where many, uh, where you may or may not be walking in obedience to Adonai. How often do we walk away from the narrow path, path we've been called to and roam along the wide path thinking we are justified? We need to be examining ourselves and judging ourselves, especially during something as solemn as that. In, I believe... 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 32, in the Tree of Life version, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Yeshua, on the night he was betrayed, took matzah, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he also took the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in memory of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the Lord's cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself. And then let him eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For the one who eats and drinks without recognizing the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and quite a few have died. For if we were judging ourselves thoroughly, we wouldn't be coming under judgment. But when we are judged... We are being disciplined by the Lord so that we might not be condemned along with the world. I don't know about you, but I'd like to forego Adonai's judgment. If all it takes is some introspection, if all it takes is some self-reflection, if all it takes is a self-examination of where my heart's at, where my spiritual walk with the Lord is, especially before a time of communion. Next time you partake in communion, consider your life, your faith, where you stand in obedience to God, your hunger for God, willingness to do whatever Adonai has called you to do, and take a look at your spiritual life and maybe make some adjustments and some judgments. Adonai takes things seriously, even when you don't. I do want to say that um, the whole one of the whole reasons I, I mentioned the whole thing about my daughter, well, not the whole reason, but one of the reasons is because she chose um, a church that I had suggested because if we did not go to a Messianic congregation, this is the church we would attend. And um, it's called River of Life Church in Jacksonville. And um, the pastor's name is Chris Phillips. And, and uh, a lot of what I, I have to talking to you today is directly from the sermon I heard on Sunday with my daughter. And I don't believe in throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I might not agree with uh, having uh, Shabbat 
on Sunday. I might not agree with all the Christmas decorations that they had up, but you know what? I, I do agree with what he had to say and what he was trying to preach to his congregants. If you want to find somebody who is truly deceiving themselves, find someone who sits in synagogue or church and listens to the word of God and then leaves without responding to it. To a point, we're all kings and queens of self-deception. We are absolute liars to our own faces, for lack of a better term. taking you to James chapter one, verses 22 and 25. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deluding yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he looks at himself and goes away, he immediately forgets what sort of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect Torah, the commands of the, of the Lord, the Torah that gives freedom and continues in it, not becoming a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he shall be blessed in what he does. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just be a hearer of the word. I want to be a doer of the word. I don't want to look at my reflection in the mirror and forget what sort of person that I am. As soon as I stop looking in the mirror. You are a priority to God, even when he's not a priority with you. That never changes. Don't let what you're hearing from the word, from your time, hopefully that you have a, a body believers that you are with um, during your Shabbat, but whatever word you're hearing, don't let it go in one ear and then out the other. Because when we look in the mirror, the person looking back at us is probably the biggest liar we know. And what do I mean by that? We have the capacity to tell stories to ourselves like no one else. We all have an imagination. We just need to choose to use it for good and not for evil. We tend to get so caught up with those around us, we forget about looking at ourselves, right? We, we're so busy looking at the speck in our neighbor's eye, we can't be bothered with the plank in our own, right? That's why it's important for us to have those around us who will speak the truth. I've always said like, you know, if you meet me, you either love me or you hate me because I do tend to be one of those people. And I've, I've gotten better with my old age and I, I hope I've, I've gotten a little bit more tactful, but if someone wants the truth, they know that they can come to me and I will give them the truth. Now, whether or not they want to hear it is a whole nother factor, but I believe that integrity is important. I believe that the truth matters. 
And I believe that the truth that we tell ourselves is even more important. Because we won't need the outside influence of others if we are truly willing to sit and be introspective and say, Lord, Ruach HaKodesh, please lead me, guide me, show me what it is that I need to change in my life to become more like you. A life unexamined is not worth living and eventually you will drift. Your walk with the Lord will drift. Because why would you want to or even need to listen to the Father when you become your own moral compass? How will we be able to grow if we refuse to examine ourselves? One really great way of being able to figure out where you're at in your walk is where is your mind? Where does it go? What is it that you are focused on? Is your mind captivated on the things of Adonai? Is it full of the word of Adonai? If not, what is it full of? What are your habits? A really great exercise is to list your habits. An even better one, which I would find extremely painful, especially if I asked my children to do this, because I think I wouldn't like what I saw, is having someone list your habits for you. Ask them to write down what your habits are. Have them observe you and write down things that you do all the time. What you say all the time, what your expressions are, phrases, reactions that are habitual. What are your habits? Do we even know what our habits are? Have we examined ourselves enough to be self-aware to know, well, this is how I really am. And then if we don't like how that is, to take the steps necessary to change that. We need to look at our physical condition. Are you on a fast track to run out of health before you run out of life? And this is something that that pastor said. And I was like, what in the world is he talking about? What does he mean by that? You can run out of health years before you run out of life. Instead of acknowledging the truth about ourselves, we resist, deny, and we'll do anything we can to hide from the truth. We refuse to hear the truth about ourselves that others try to tell us, especially when it's a truth we refuse to tell ourselves. And that's, I believe, how you run out of health before you run out of life. Because you stop being self-aware and you refuse to be self-aware and you refuse to listen to those around you when they tell you simple things like you probably shouldn't eat that or even your inner voice saying I probably shouldn't be eating this right now or if I do this particular activity I'm probably going to get hurt maybe I shouldn't do it We can choose not to lie to ourselves, but the only way to do that is to be truly introspective with zero bias. And I would challenge you to um, try to find yourself with zero bias. 
it's it's difficult because you have to take off the rose-colored glasses and take a hard long look at yourself and if you think that there's nothing that you need to change then i might start calling you yeshua because you must be perfect and there must be nothing wrong with you there's always something that we can improve and to work on If we want to make progress in our lives, we need to test ourselves. If we keep seeing this, if I keep watching this, if I keep eating this, if I keep living this lifestyle, I'm going to run out of health before I run out of life. And how will that honor Adonai? Are we doing the right things? What are you believing Adonai for? How do you demonstrate it? Relationships. Are you working hard at them? Did you know relationships require hard work? That they are a gift from God? That they're a blessing? They're something money cannot buy, but they require hard work. Are you being lazy? Are there people you need to call? Cards you need to send? Is there attention that needs to be paid? Don't take the people in your life for granted. Don't assume your relationships will be there and they don't require any of your attention. Stewardship. Were you faithful this year? That's something I'm actually probably going to be discussing um, next week, talking about good stewardship and what that truly means. What are you aiming for? What are your goals? This is, I, I thought it was really clever and I never really thought about it before. It says, but you're going to hit what you aim for. So sometimes you hit a wall and wonder, how did that happen? Because you were aiming at a wall. If you're aiming for righteousness, holiness, godliness, obedience, for the things of God, then it'll, it will adjust everything you do in your everyday life. It'll change the trajectory of everything you do. An unexamined, uh, an unexamined life is like an untended field. An untended field will yield no fruit that is good. Soon it'll be overgrown with weeds and brush, causing at some point um, to no longer be a fertile field altogether. How do we be honest with ourselves and, and do an honest examination? I would absolutely encourage you. I know how scary it is. I'm, I'm going to do it with myself and maybe come back on the podcast next week crying because of how much I need to, to work on. But I'm, I plan on asking my family. Say, hey, could you observe me and write down what it is that I do? What are the habits I do? What are the things that I say? Because I want to be honest, not only about how I see myself, but maybe even how my family sees me. And to change whatever it is that I need to change. But the key, the key to all of that is in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Examine me and know my anxious thoughts. 
and see if there be any offensive way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. We need to be willing to let Adonai lead us and guide us daily. Have the Ruach HaKodesh to gently position us where we need to be and be willing to go with the flow. Be willing to go where he has called us to be. Be willing to be the person that he's called us to be, to set aside things that are no longer necessary in our day-to-day walk and to keep our focus on him and to consistently examine ourselves on a daily basis so that we can be pleasing to Adonai, Yeshua, the Ruach HaKodesh and glorify him. Now, as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the Aaronic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Bashem Yeshua Sashalom. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Priests, I pray. I pray. Amen. May you all have a blessed week. And I pray that you will tune in again next week. Shavuot Tov. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com. Or you can email me at ELMMM3 at protonmail.com. That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica Lacasse. There's a button on my Anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much, and remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point, and I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.